With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome into the Fantasy Brawl podcast. I'm your host, Adam Stark. And unfortunately, uh, we're going to be missing Tyler again today, this uh, week, guys. Sorry. But we are going to be replaced by with another great guest, and that's Andrew Erickson of PFF. So, We're going to give him a minute to talk, but I'm just going to brief the episode for you guys. We're going to have a little bit of news. I'm going to break down uh, the Cam Newton signing, uh, talk about Debo Samuel a bit since, you know, I've been out. We've been missing the last couple weeks. This is our first show in a couple weeks, so if you're listening to this, appreciate it. And then we're also going to talk Scott Fishbowl because uh, that's right around the corner, I believe starting Monday, and me and Andrew are both participating in it, and we're both stoked for it. And then our, our thing to wrap it up is we got a couple of I still believe players. So these are some guys that we uh, still believe in that, you know, maybe had a down year last year, had an injury last year, or are just on a new team and you think they can, you know, bounce back. So all in all, what's going on, Andrew? How, how have you been, man? How you doing? Dude, I've just been grinding through, getting through this off season, putting out content on PFF. I started there about a month ago. So last, and I'm just, on the podcast man thanks for having me. for sure dude and i mean you're out over in uh boston being a patriots fan you guys got a bit of some good news in the last couple days you got pretty much who i think the best uh when health went out perfectly healthy i think cam newton was the best free agency quarterback out there other than probably tom brady who obviously left new england uh so just give me your first initial reactions on this you know cam newton signing and uh you know were you shocked did you think you know the patriots didn't have a shot at all or they're out or you know what were your thoughts yeah, so every time my, my girlfriend sees, like, a, a cute dog, she's always like, are you kidding me? And then when I get the notification on my phone, I'm just like, are you kidding me? Like, I couldn't believe it, honestly, and I was searching to make sure it was, like, a verified source. I was, like, off my phone for, like, 30 minutes, so I didn't get it, like, right when it happened. So I, like, checked my phone. It was, like, 30 minutes ago, and it said, Patriots are signing Cam Newton. I'm just like, I'm just like this isn't real, right? This kid has to be a joke. And obviously did more research and found out it was true. And it's just, again, Bill Belichick's playing checkers. Everyone else is playing like sorry or some other terrible game. It just, it doesn't matter. Like if people were talking about Belichick tanking and stuff like that, I never really thought that was in the cards. Like, I always thought he was going to try to win and we're going to try to win with Stidham. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, my thought, my thought was, jump in real quick, um, Belichick wants to even Brady wants to establish himself or Belichick wants to establish himself as the greatest of all time just as much as Brady does so we we know Brady left to show that he can win without Belichick so you got to assume Belichick you know wants to show he can win without Tom Brady so I think deep down in his heart he knew that the smart choice was to go out and get Cam Newton but I really think he wanted to make it work with Jarrett Stidham and just say look guys I could do it with anyone I'm the greatest so yeah, I think that ultimately it was it was always a price point because I was arguing on Twitter about, or, you know, I was kind of in the talks of, well, they can't sign Cam Newton because they don't have cap space. Because I never envisioned 
Cam Newton signing for signed, like, like friendliest deal like, of all time, and he goes, "It's not like, about the money. I want, I want my respect." And I'm like, "Good for you, Cam. Go, go earn it. Go show it, baby." Yeah, and, and so that's why I didn't think it was possible. But I mean, I didn't know Cam would sign for you know pennies on the dollar, essentially, like less than a million dollars. Yeah, uh, so incentives, just, but I mean, people were talking. Oh, they got to trade. They got to trade Joe Tooney to free up space. Oh. And I was like, yeah, like if they do that, then that'll work. But I mean, because of how cheap he is, it's like, how is this not a, a win for the Patriots and just a loss for everyone else in the AFC, especially the Bills? So I feel bad people took out uh, bets on them to win the AFC. I know that that is really interesting too, because <laughs> honestly, if you're if that completely flip flop, because if, if Cam Newton, I mean, granted he plays, you know, 14, 16 games and, you know, uh, has a healthy season. I think, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be back to the Patriots. They're going to be the favorites, even though the Bills were on the high rise looking good. But, um, yeah, all in all, it was a one-year deal up, up to $7.5 million max, but he's only guaranteed 550000 in which he'll make most of his money just playing in the game. So just it, if he's healthy, he'll make a good chunk of money. And then there's also, you know, some other incentives too. But Cam Newton's on the Patriots. I'm, I, I'm kind of excited by it. I mean – I was a bit of a Tom Brady fan. So, I mean, I guess I was a, a bit of a Patriots fan because, you know, us Lions fans has to, have to have some sort of plan B, a backup route when, you know, all hell breaks loose, which is usually every season. So, you know, I typically like to root for individual players, which a lot of people are frowned upon against. But being a fantasy football analyst, I find myself, you know, constantly rooting for players and, you know, liking individual guys. So I've always loved Cam Newton. I've played with him on Madden since, you know, he joined the Panthers. Uh, he was just the best. So um, hopefully I, I would love to get him, uh, love to be able to see him play live for the Patriots or someone else. But uh, the season's, you know, a little bit iffy with uh, fans being there. So. We'll definitely have to see, but that brings us to, I guess, my next topic, um, the NFL. Uh, they just announced some good news, I guess. Uh, not really good news, but they did shorten the NFL, NFL preseason in which none of us likes four preseason games anyways. We all just want the two games, then get to the NFL season. So I guess that's some good news, shorter, better. But um, are you a four preseason guy, Andrew? I got to ask, do you, do you actually like these extra games or are you happy because it limits the risk now? I mean – uh, like a playing standpoint, I was pretty fond of playing preseason DFS last year. It was actually oh, pretty fun. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I didn't even think <laughs> so. So that's a bummer that there's two less games. And I think it's just, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of the preseason. I think that it's just, it's good for evaluating some of the lower tier players. And now we're just going to get less looks at fringe guys. And exactly. it's going to be, you know, it's going to be really hard for undrafted free agents to get on rosters and to do things like that. And I, you're probably going to see a lot of, probably the season if it starts on time in, in the early you know early games that there's gonna be a lot of mistakes probably like on special teams and with backups like and people like a lot of penalties stuff like that so it's probably not gonna be super clean the product at least in the first couple of weeks because there's less no preseason games especially from newer players and that's again I think important to I know that we all like rookies and even some rookies I kind of like have hyped up myself you know we'll, we'll talk about one of them coming up here but you got to be kind of disciplined here. And, and when you're in your draft room and you can't decide between, you know, two players, it's like, look, if someone's more established, you know, a veteran, you know, has the chemistry with quarterback or something like that, just like lean on that kind of side a little bit, especially just. Exactly. Because everything's very shortened here. 
Yeah, because chemistry, that's definitely going to be an issue. I mean, we saw a lot of star fantasy players changing homes, like DeAndre Hopkins, David Johnson, uh, Cam Newton. You know, there's a lot of guys, you know, Robbie Anderson, just, you know, a few to name. But uh, I think this is going to impact, you know, they're they're not going to be able to, you know, get extra reps in with, you know, their quarterback, you know, their wide receiver, whoever. And so I think we're going to see, you know, the established players, you know, establish themselves for the first couple of weeks. And then I think we're going to see the breakout players kind of like the DJ Charks, the Terry McLaurin's guys that kind of come out of nowhere later on in the season, you know, maybe due to injury due to hopefully not any coronavirus symptoms, but I mean, it's very possible it could happen. So um, it's going to be really interesting to see when uh, players get their shots and it's just going to kind of depend, you know, on when your moment comes and if the players got to step up because, you know, you could get your moment because, you know, the second string wide receiver gets coronavirus first spring wide receiver gets a, you know, a sprained ankle. And then all of a sudden you're the man up. So it's just little things like that can uh, add up quick. But um, speaking of players finding new teams, uh, there's a couple other wide receivers that are still free agents and have still put up freakish, uh, at least one season for one player. The other players put up multiple for each seasons, and that's AB and Josh Gordon. Uh, we recently saw Antonio Brown. Uh, there's been quite a bit of news uh, with him lately. We saw him working out with Russell Wilson. That was the most recent video of him posted. There was also a couple months ago, the article or not article, but uh, Deion Sanders praised Antonio Brown and said, you know, he's, he was a diva. Get ready for this comeback story. It's going to happen. And then not to mention uh, Josh Gordon, similar player. I mean, not so much a diva, but had his struggles. And now he seems to be like he's on the right path. And with the NFL uh, passing their new uh, rules, allowing, you know, players not being suspended if they smoke weed, you know, Josh Gordon, he'll only get a little fine. So I think, you know, there is going to be a real interest in these teams. So uh, I'll ask you first, Andrew, um, what are some good landing spots for Antonio Brown or Josh Gordon? Well, I mean, yeah, they're, they're two ex-Patriots. So, you exactly. Know. That's why I wanted to bring them up too. So a couple <laughs> guys, obviously probably not going to go back to New England, which bummer, but um, they should, they should find some other fantasy relevance if they make it on. I don't know. I think that I think Josh Gordon. I think he might be done. Honestly, I, I don't know. I mean, he lost a lot. I mean, he wasn't the same player he's been since 2013. Essentially, um, Antonio Brown at least showed that he can still ball out in that one game with the Patriots. But Josh Gordon's lost his legs a little bit. So again, for fantasy purposes, like I'm not really interested in getting Josh Gordon in any type of format. And then same thing with Antonio Brown is like if Antonio Brown comes back, like you know he's gonna be suspended. So he's gonna have a 16 suspension. So if you draft him. And then a couple weeks into the season, he gets picked up by a team and then he's suspended for six weeks. And then like you have him like week 12 or something like absurd. So, I mean, a landing spot, I mean, basically anywhere that Antonio Brown lands, he's going to have an impact. Like it doesn't really, he's going to, he's an alpha receiver. Like unless he went to like the Dallas Cowboys, that'd be like the only spot where I'd be like, yeah, I don't know. Like there's already really good receivers there, but like, I mean, they've talked to him going to the Buccaneers. It's like, he was just, you know, he's going to basically just cause a mess of wherever he ends up going as opposed to like really like, oh, this is great for, you know, you know, X player here or there. So if you have him in Dynasty, like honestly, like the minute that he gets back on the team, like you got to get out. Like really? Oh. Um, no, because, because dude, like it takes one more thing that he does and then he's gone. Like, and right now, like you can, like you, like a couple months ago, you couldn't get anything for him. But now because, like, he's posting these videos, like, working out with these guys, like, 
he's you can now like get value for him with nothing changing whatsoever like literally nothing has changed so yeah, i mean I, I acquired him in quite a few leagues because you know i still have faith i'm trying to make a championship run on all my teams that's just my you know my motto i guess probably everyone's motto playing fantasy football <laughs> that this is the year in dynasty at least um but my, my my thought process or i guess my one concern is that a team is going to pick him up for the playoffs so they're going right. to pick him up you know week six no, he's going to get a four, six, eight-game suspension, whatever. And then by the time that all happens, he's acclimated with the team, it'll be week 15, or not even, like week 16, week 17, possibly, you know, by week, wild card week, whatever. So I will say that is my one concern, but how he's looking right now, he hasn't made any outlandish posts. He hasn't done anything stupid, hasn't, you know, had any mess ups. And I, I truly think he wants to get back in the NFL. I think his talent is going to overweigh his, you know, kind of, you know, I guess diva attitude, but um, I'd love to see Antonio Brown on a team. I'd love to see him return to his college home in Michigan and play for the Detroit lions. Uh, that would be awesome. But um I'm, it's looking like, you know, a big contender team is going to take a shot on him. Uh, Seattle, you know, just to give Russell Wilson or another league uh, quarterback an extra weapon. We saw the Saints express some interest in him last year during like the playoffs, which was very, very out of the blue. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if you if you saw you, literally like the Chiefs or someone like come playoff time. They just are not not even just the Chiefs. They make a move on, him, you know, because they just want to get all the talent in the world. But um, Josh Gordon. Uh, I don't know. Um, I, it, you, you said, you know, he's fallen off a bit and you probably know better because you probably saw a few more games of him playing in New England last year than I did. But, you know, I will say everyone always brings up all oh, 2013, 2013. Well, that's going to be eight years ago. So that's, that's a long time. And it's like, you got to think about something, you know, if, if you really haven't practiced a skill or practice doing, you know, a motion or routine or whatever, in eight years and you try to do it, it's, I don't know. So it's like, I mean, I get, you know, he's working out and, you know, I'm sure he still has some of his, you know, athletic abilities, but you got to imagine your route running. Some of it stakes, takes a hit as the older you go, as you know, the less reps you get. And, you know, he's just been seeing less and less reps ever since, you know, he was out of the NFL in like 2014 or whatever. So. I mean, even if, and even if Josh Gordon had played all those seasons, he probably still wouldn't be as good as he was in 2013 like <laughs> exactly yeah like that that was such an anomaly i will never understand it that was uh what a uh, freaky talent he could have been though man so if they if that, i blame the nfl honestly had they just yeah. made this rule change seven eight years ago josh Gordon's probably putting up two thousand yards for the browns <laughs> <laughs> And that's all speculative. So hopefully, you know, these guys get back in the NFL for the sake of fantasy, just uh, because, you know, they're players and they can make a splash. But uh, fantasy, that brings us to our next topic, the Scott Fishbowl. Um, me and Andrew, we're both uh, going to be participating in this. Uh, for those that you don't know, uh, this is a big event that Scott Fish uh, puts on every year. He, it's a huge charity event in which, you know, it's free, but he prefers, you know, if you make some sort of contribution, a little donation or whatever to the fantasy cares. And um, he, you know, raised a boatload of money and gets a ton of kids toys for Christmas every year. And it's just an awesome thing he does. And um, he does, it's done by a fantasy football tournament. So, you put fantasy football and charity together and you know, that's awesome. So 
Uh, I'm beyond happy to take part of this. This is going to be my second year representing uh, in this. But um, Andrew, take me through uh, your, your team, uh, or not your team, but take me through what pick you have, what division you're in, because there is special divisions for this whole league. It's all different toys. So, you know, any toy you can imagine pretty much is in this division. So, uh, Andrew, I'll let you have the, the mic. Yeah, so I am in the... OG Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles division, which was the most applied for division because we got to basically not pick our divisions, but we got to like pick our top choices. And like, I was such a fish in terms of like, oh, well, I'm just gonna pick like the one I really want, which the strategy should have been, hey, you should probably pick one that like nobody wants. And then you get a better chance of like your draft selection, like after the fact, but I didn't even think about that. I was like, dude, like I love Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like that's the division I'm picking. But it all worked out in my favor because I ended up getting the one-on-one anyway in the best division in the Scott Fish Bowl. So pretty pumped about that with the one-on-one. Probably going to go with CMC. I, am, I mean, I'm not going to really overthink it. I know that, like, Mahomes and Lamar Jackson have been thrown around there. as obviously potential guys where you can go with, like, another running back. But I'm probably going to go CMC. I'm not going to overthink it. Uh, yeah, no, that's that's my main plan for now because I I'm not going to try to think about the turn because there's going to be so much mayhem going on. But I do think that a interesting strategy is at the turn is with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Going back to back and seeing if I can force some, like, panic in terms of, like, because I can go CMC and then go quarterback, quarterback, and then people might be like, oh, my God, like, I got to get my quarterback or, like, double tight end or something like that uh, but again like I don't know who's gonna be there to be totally honest yeah and for those uh who you know you might not know the scoring settings this is a super flex uh, I believe it's tight end premium too it's yep. um you can start up to uh one quarterback two running backs three wide receiver one tight end four flex and you could super flex one so you could technically start two quarterbacks with 11 bench players so and then the scoring system is six point passing touchdown uh four minus four for an interception uh basically you get the differences are you know traditional like ppr like you get more points for a tight end like a point and a half it's points per per, or half a point per first down and then you also get points for completions for quarterbacks and you get negative points for negative completions you get negative points for sacks and so that's the big thing with the quarterbacks is if you have a quarterback that like sucks in like real life he's gonna actually suck on your fantasy yeah, team like, like, Winston would have been like 
I honestly don't know what Jameis Winston would have done in this. Because, yeah, he, he would have put up yards and 30 touchdowns, but he also threw 30 receptions. Yeah, he would have had negative games. Uh, I think – so Sam Darnold, right, in that game against the Patriots, I'm pretty sure he would have scored, like, negative 25 points. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, so this league is uh, – it's, it's a crazy league. The, the format's very, very uh, interesting. You got to, you know, pay attention to it. It's 1,440 teams, 120 leagues, uh, divisions of 12, and 15 conferences. It's a 22-round slow draft as well. Uh, so it's, it's got, you know, just about everything you could have. This is like the Mac Daddy of fantasy football drafts every year. It's what everyone looks forward to. Um, I will say, go sign up for the Scott Fishbowl 11. He has already put out the, the link for that. You can find it on his Twitter. I also tweeted it as well, on Everyday FFB. So uh, go go sign up early. Cause if you, you, the earlier you sign up, the more likely you'll be, uh, get a chance to be in this draft. So, um, the, the, unfortunately the league I was in was not the one, uh, division I should say was not the one I really wanted. I really wanted power Rangers cause I'm a huge diehard power Rangers fan. I've had, you know, just a million power Rangers toys since I was a kid, collected the cards, just every, everything power Rangers dressed up at Halloween, everything. And, um, unfortunately didn't get the power Rangers, uh, division, but uh, I, I got the easy bake oven division. So I'm going to be, my motto is going to be, I'm going to be baking the competition. So I'm, I'm ready to have some fun with it. Uh, I, there's a lot of play on words. You can do it easy bake. I mean, uh, I'm an a- avid weed smoker here. So play on words with that. Because, uh, um, you know, it's bigger on in Michigan. But uh, easy bake oven, and I'm picking from the 11th spot. So, and ironically, that was the spot I was picking from last year. So last year I had um, – my first eight weeks started out so good because I took Matt Stafford. I, had, I got him at crazy good value. I got Tyreek Hill at crazy good value. And then I had Terry McLaurin with my very last pick of the draft. Oh, and nice. I'm other, my other quarterbacks were um, – I want to say Ben Roethlisberger and I think someone, a case Keenum or something, but it was by, by weeks nine, I, my team was, my team was struggling. So, um, but you got any advice for, you know, any Scott fishbowl players that might be listening to this, Andrew? Yeah. Don't draft quarterbacks that you will always reference to like, Oh, but like, he's good in fantasy. Like those are the quarterbacks like that in this league are bad. So, like, the Blake Bortles, like, when he was good in fantasy, but, like, we all knew he was trash in the real NFL. Same thing with, like, Trubisky was last year. And the same kind of goes for, like, a Josh Allen guy. Like, Josh Allen, like, has a lot of flaws. And his accuracy is going to be a big issue in a league that penalizes sacks taken and incompletions. So, that's not going to work well in his favor. Like, guys like Derek Carr who are basically forgotten are much better in this format because they're really accurate with the ball and they, they don't need to stretch the field. Like last year was all about like upside and like the video game scoring system and like huge plays. And like, it's weird. Like you almost want to be more conservative with your quarterback approach and be like guys that are safe um, that are going to give you a stable floor. Because again, like if your quarterbacks were zero points or seven points, that could still be like 20 more points than your opponent. If their quarterback puts up negative points. So it's really important to, to look at that there. And then also first downs, like receivers that move the chains are also more valuable. So you don't necessarily need guys like the Will Fullers, the Darius Slaytons. Like you need these high ADOT players, Robbie Anderson. You don't need those guys because 
you can get just as much value just from guys that move 10 yards, 10 yard move the chains. So, I mean, like I'm looking at like a Derek Carr, a Hunter Renfro stack, like that I think could be really helpful. Hey, man, and, like, uh, they're sneaky, connecting sneaky like pick, all the Jason Witten. Yeah, Jason Witten. Like, like those guys are gonna be wicked under overlooked. And and one sleeper guy I'll say because it's tight end premium is OJ Howard because I think well, that, personnel baby. Yeah, I think he's gonna play a lot, and Gronk's gonna get hurt eventually. Like Gronk has like played one healthy season his entire career, so it's gonna happen. He's gonna miss games, and OJ Howard's gonna play. And for how much burning OJ Howard did, I remember I took him in the Scott Fishbowl. I think I took him in the third or fourth round last year, like so high, and I was like. Oh, this is sick. And he was so terrible. But I've all forgiven, and I'm hoping I can get him in, like, the double-digit rounds or wherever he ends up going. But I think O.J. Howard is going to be really – especially because, like, I think he – PFF tweeted it out. It was about, like, uh, receptions per first down. And O.J. Howard was one of the top uh, players. Like, he had a first down basically almost, like, 80 – or, like, 0.8 of his receptions. So, almost all of his receptions are going for first down. So, uh, like, O.J. Howard is a, a late – tight end target yeah definitely I mean he was a player that I also was on the hype train last year and just completely got busted and burned and then I immediately hopped back on the hype train when Tom Brady came back to town came to town uh and you know that was just because I believe OJ Howard's just talented I don't think Arians likes him I think you know he's in the wrong system or I guess the wrong coaching system but my belief is Tom Brady trumps everyone and Tom Brady is just going to look for the open guy, the guy that's going to catch the ball, be most reliable. Yes, O.J. Howard has had drops, you know, every now and then. But, you know, he's been a reliable target. He, he can catch. You know, he hasn't shown anything, you know, crazy in which he, Eric Ebron-ish. So that's good. But I think, you know, Tom Brady's going to find a way to get him the ball because he's just a freak talent. And like you said, Gronk is, you know, inevitable to go down. I don't care if he's as healthy as he's ever been. And, you know, is taking CBD every day. It's, it's going to happen. You know, it's, it's, it, he plays too hard. He plays like too physical to, you know, not have something go wrong for at least a couple games. And then you throw on, you know, COVID, which, you know, if any player gets that, they're missing a couple weeks. So that's a whole nother, you know, little, little like tack on injury, I guess you could say for players that, you know, you're going to have to worry about, or I guess consider this year, it's just going to be a really weird year, but um, yeah, it's going to be the safe guys that are going to help you out in the Scott Fishbowl. Let's move on to our, I believe still, I guess you could say, I believe players, players that we still believe in. Uh, You guys could have your own, but I'll kick things off with a guy, you know, that has had his ups and downs and it's been a minute since he's been relevant, but David Johnson, um, I think with a new team, he can have some new life, new, uh, you know, abilities to, you know, get more touches. We saw Carlos Hyde rush for a thousand yards on the Texans last year. They added Laramie Tunsil. I mean, I know they lost DeAndre Hopkins, but honestly, I think that's going to help out David Johnson. I think he's going to get a few more catches in the backfield. Uh, I, I know, his ADP isn't the highest right now, so he's a little bit of a value pick right now, which is also another reason why I like him. But he's just a guy that I believe if he could stay healthy, he's going to get a lot of work in which, you know, I don't really see Duke Johnson competing for a whole lot. And, you know, there really isn't anyone else to bring in. 
maybe I doubt they would sign another running back, but uh, we saw guys like Lamar Miller rush for a thousand yards and just be very consistent. So my, my thoughts are, you know, if healthy Lamar Miller can do it, so could healthy David Johnson. So I know you might not be as high as me, but what are some of your counterpoints to David Johnson, Andrew? Yeah. So with David Johnson, it's, one of the reasons I, I don't really like or believe in him, I guess, necessarily, is like kind of where he's going in drafts. Like, there's a lot of other players I kind of prefer that are going in his, like, general vicinity. Like, when I'm looking at, it's like, some of his, like, I mean, like, guys like, like, for example, someone I'm going to talk about, you know, is Le'Veon Bell. They're kind of going in, like, a similar range-esque. So, I prefer, like, a Le'Veon Bell. But, like, I just, I think it's like we talked about Josh Gordon, you know, not to that extent, but it's like we saw him be the RB1, what, in 2015, 2016? 2016, yep. Yeah, 2016. when he had his so, breakout year. So it's been a while, like like you said, and he's dealt with injuries, seems like, like the last three years. And basically the Cardinals, who are an up-ascending team, were like, yeah, like, we don't really want you anymore. Like, we're good. Like, we're going we're gonna to move on from you. Random plays with Kenyon Drake, who Kenyon has- Drake showed out, man. When that injury happened to David Johnson, Kenyon Drake was on the market. I I was very shocked at the Cardinals making a move for running back at the time. They're you know out of the playoffs, uh, pretty much, and you know kind of just rookie head coach trying to get things together. So obviously they just Cliff Kingsbury loved Kenyon Drake from a long time ago, and finally you know his man was on the market, so he went out and got him, and. I think I, I'm thinking it's more of Kenyon Drake. I get, you know, they kind of gave David Johnson the boot, but they also got DeAndre Hopkins for him. So if you're in a situation where you already got Kenyon Drake, Chase Edmonds, um, I don't think the draft had happened, so they wouldn't have had, you know, Benjamin. But uh, they still, uh, you know, when you're getting offered DeAndre Hopkins, top five wide receiver of all time potentially, you know, it, that's a no-brainer right there. So. That's what I have to say. <laughs> yes. So, so again, so with David Johnson, so looking at him from last year, so when he was healthy, when he was with the Cardinals, he was really good for that, that first, like, six weeks. Like, he was the RB8 after week six, so he was at RB1. But, again, I'm just not so sure, like, if he has the juice anymore. <laughs> as, like, as weird as that sounds to say, but, like, just looking at some of the numbers, like, from what he did. So basically, so he was good as a receiver still. And that's something he still is going to be able to carry over to the Texans. Even though, you know, I've done some studies at PFF about, you know, mobile quarterbacks and the effect on running backs in the passing game. And usually you see a decrease in targets from mobile quarterbacks, which is partially true. But with Deshaun Watson in particular, Deshaun Watson actually like checks down pretty often, even for a mobile quarterback. So I'm not so like, oh, David Johnson's not going to catch me passes in Texans. I, I don't think that's going to happen. I do think, though, that, that Duke Johnson is still going to operate as a pass-catching back because Bill O'Brien refuses to unleash him, even though he puts up great efficiency every single year. Like, I have to, like, get off the Duke Johnson bandwagon. Like, I mean, I love Duke Johnson. I think he's a great running back, but, like, He's been with like five different teams now. It seems like, and no one is like going to make them make him the featured back. Even if guys get hurt, it doesn't matter. So I still think Duke Johnson's going to work into the passing game as well. And the thing with David Johnson as a runner, yeah, we saw Carlos Hyde, you know, rush for a thousand yards on the Texans. But 
again, I just don't know how much value that adds. And, and like what I was saying about his, like, the juice that he has. So his elusive rating, basically. So how often running backs can break tackles or, you know, force missed tackles after they catch a pass. Was second to last last year um, of running backs at least 25 carries. And his yards after contact per attempt was 43rd. So, it, like, those numbers are very, like, hey, this guy is a, you know, he is a declining player. Like, he's someone that's not in his prime anymore. And I'm just not so sure that, I mean, I mean, if you're buying David Johnson, I mean, you're buying, do you believe in Bill O'Brien? Like, <laughs> See, that's the thing. I mean, I do it, I don't, you know. I mean, <laughs> Bill O'Brien is a crazy man, but the Texans <laughs> have been a playoff team recently. And, you know, they, they put up points and they've had a solid offense. So if DeAndre Hopkins could just establish some chemistry with, you know, all these new weapons he got, I will say that could be another problem too, because he's li- he literally got um, Kenny Stills halfway through the, no, no, I'm sorry. Get Kenny Stills week one. Anyways, he, but he got Randall Cobb uh, and Brandon Cooks, uh, two new receivers, David Johnson, another new pass catching back. He lost Carlos Hyde. So it's, you know, it's very different, I guess, but one thing I will say is David Johnson, he doesn't have to do much. I think, you know, they're just going to give him like the easy attempts up the middle, you know, a three yard inside the five goal line attempts in which Duke Johnson's not going to get any of those carries. He's not just that type of back. Maybe Sean Watson will take away some rushing, you know, touchdowns. I'm sure he'll have a couple, maybe a few, but I still think uh, David Johnson can make his bread and butter. You know, I know you did say his elusiveness was very bad. And yeah, we saw that clip last year against the Buccaneers of him just like not being able to juke out a dead fish. But <laughs> I, I think he's got a, he wants to have some motivation back. You know, he's coming off his contract soon. So he's going to have to, you know, work harder to get a new contract or else he's going to get the boot in which most veteran running backs do. So my, my theory is that David Johnson, when he got the bag, he kind of just gave up and he was like, eh, I'm on, I'm not on a Super Bowl contending team. Uh, we're going through a rebuild, new head coach. And he kind of just, you know, fell apart. And it's almost a similar situation. It kind of reminds me of Dwight Howard when Dwight Howard was just paid a boatload of money And all of a sudden, he kind of just sucked. But now, he's on a team that accepted him, a team that gave him the right role. He accepted his new role, and now he's a solid player for the Lakers. So, I think that could be David Johnson. I think he could be on a new team and just have this new new juice in which, you know, (laughs) be revitalized. Freshly squeezed juice. Exactly, (laughs) man. You know, you could still wring them out for a little bit, you know. You get those – you have a towel, you know. You wring it out. But if you really, you know, do like three more twists, you can get some more juice out of it or drops. So Bill O'Brien's got to squeeze every last ounce out of – juice out of uh, uh, David Johnson. But so so with David Johnson, so would you take David Johnson or Chris Carson? Oh, uh, that's a tough one. Um, I, I have them. I have in my rankings. I have them back to back. So that's that's why I'd... I probably would take David Johnson just because my tiebreaker would be. I feel like DJ Dallas is just a wild card, and if you know Carson has like an with the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ankle sprain and he misses one week and pennies out. And then DJ Dallas rushes for like 130 yards and Carroll just falls in love with him. I, I think, you know, that could easily happen. The Seahawks aren't, haven't really been set on a running back for multiple years. So it wouldn't shock me if, you know, Chris Carson got the turntable and was just the second guy. So, um, but you know, uh, in this case, I'm probably going to go with David Johnson. Uh, you I, know I what uh, Pete, Pete Carroll said about DJ Dallas? He said he's, he said he's really excited to, use, to see him on special teams. Oh my gosh. <laughs> hey, I mean – Chris Carson was a seventh round draft pick. So I guarantee you he was saying there's maybe six, but either way he was, I'm sure he was saying that about Chris Carson too. So. so I think, I think the Seahawks, like we talk about how draft capital matters and in most cases it does um, with opportunity and things like that. But with the Seahawks in particular, they feel like the only team that like doesn't care at all. Like, you know, they don't care what, when you were drafted at all, like, Rashad Penny, whatever, like, because they don't, like, it seems like they just don't value their picks. They're just, like, first round, mm, let's just go with this guy. Like, who cares? And everyone has him as, like, a fourth-round pick. And it's, like, okay, it's, like, we just draft everyone that's supposed to go in the fourth round, like, and then it doesn't matter. So, uh, I'll I'll give one more. Would you rather have David Johnson or Cam Akers? Oh, David Johnson, big time. I, so I'm very one. low on Cam Akers this year. Yeah. I don't understand all the hype. I, I get his draft capital, but I don't think he's going to just, you know, come down, kicking down doors on a new team in which, you know, he's not going to have, like, I've been preaching chemistry this whole, you know, show. And I think, you know, he's going to have to establish himself. He's, he's a rookie. He's not just going to come in and steal this job. He's got every other running back like against him because uh you know there's I don't, I don't know who was on the team john kelly's still on there but you know Darrell henderson's still on there uh malcolm brown's still on there and they both are hungry both want to get their starting chance Darrell henderson you know he had a small opportunity last year but this was supposed to be his year to shine so i think he was really looking forward to it now i think he's got a little more chip on his shoulder and a little more something to prove with the rams uh, taking cam Akers in the second round i think it was late second yeah. So yeah, I, I I I have David Johnson. So the order I have, so I have Chris Carson at twenty two, David Johnson at twenty three, Cam Akers at twenty four. So all right, all right. So I, I probably I think I know the answer to this next question, but uh, I'll shoot you back one: David Johnson or Le'Veon Bell, the guy who uh, you mentioned. Le'Veon Bell all day. All right. So uh, <laughs> talk to me about Le'Veon Bell. Okay. So Le'Veon Bell may have played on the worst offense in the NFL last year. <laughs> Hot take, you know. 
<laughs> so the Jets, uh, what can I say about the Jets? They were pretty terrible last year. Um, didn't help that they were missing their quarterback for about half the season, um, which was a big issue uh, with Luke Falk uh, coming in there. And uh, I think Trevor Simeon played for like a hot sec before he got injured too. So we they had some definite issues when it came, when it came to the quarterback position. But the thing with Bell is he still was getting all the touches. Like he was still getting tons of work. And like when you're drafting these running backs in the third, fourth round, fifth round, like you're obviously not getting the top tier guys. Like that's a, a fact. But what you're looking for is okay, like where can I find the guys that are gonna get touches? That that's what I'm that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for total David Johnson. Touches, total touches. But touches that I know are going to be there. Um, and he's already played in the Jets offense, and he got over, what, over 300 touches last year. Like, that, and he was fine. He played 15 games. Yeah, he got banged up at the end of the season, but besides that, he played in almost every single game. And his only competition is Frank Gore, who might be 100 years old, and LaMichael Piran. Like, two guys that, like, like, like don't, I mean, don't get me wrong, like, okay, Everyone talks about how Adam Gase hates everybody, but then, like, when Frank Gore, go, Frank Gore goes to the Jets, everyone's like, oh, man, like, Adam Gase loves Frank Gore. Like, oh, so he's just going to give all the work to Frank Gore. Like, that's not going to happen. Like, like he's still going to get – he's still going to give all the work to Le'Veon Bell, and Le'Veon Bell works in both as a receiver and as a rusher, and that Jets offense is going to be better in 2020 just due to the fact of natural regression because of how bad they were uh, a season ago. Like – it's just going to – there's going to be a better offense. So I just think that with a guy that's getting so many touches in both the goal line touches he's going to get, he's going to get all the receiving work. And if you look at the Jets' receiving core, like they don't have any really great established receivers. Jamison Crowder is probably, you know, the highest-ranked receiver, it seems like, on the consensus across the board. Le'Veon Bell could be second in the team in reception. And second in targets. So for me, it's like a guy that gets 300 touches in an offense that I think is going to be better. Like, I mean, I'm not, I mean, Sam Darnold, like, I feel like he, I feel like we haven't really seen much of him, but he was still pretty highly touted coming out of USC. So I think that they can still improve a lot. And that's why I think that Le'Veon Bell is someone that you don't want to give up on because, and also he was coming off a year where he didn't play football. Like, he didn't play at all. He took a whole year off, and that was his big thing. He lacked explosiveness. Like, he had, I think, what, two rushes over 15 yards. Like, something ridiculous. Like, no no explosiveness whatsoever. So, the Jets have made tons of changes at the offensive line position. I think that Le'Veon Bell will be better. Just the fact that, hey, I'm playing with better offensive players. I'm playing with a good quarterback for the first time. Like, or playing with a, you know, the franchise quarterback. So, that's why I, I think that Le'Veon Bell, I, I just, more or less it's just about the touches. I feel pretty confident that he's going to get the work. He's going to get the goal line work, the receiving work. And I think that the Jets offense is going to be improved. So that's why I'm, uh, I'm okay buying back into Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, um, I think so too. Uh, I think, you know, he is a guy that it's it, all, all the writing is on the wall, but my, my just, my one and only concern is Adam Gase. I just, uh, he hasn't produced any like fantasy relevant players. He's just a weird coach. We saw, you know, Ryan Tannehill excel when he left. 
We saw Devontae Parker excel. We saw Kenyon Drake excel. It's just like, is Le'Veon Bell like one of these guys in which he has the talent, but he's just not in the right coaching scheme. So I, I'm I'm a little more confident. I'm with you. I think his talent and, you know, position he's in is going to outweigh what, you know, Adam Gase's reputation is. Le'Veon Bell also, you know, only had three touchdowns last year uh, rushing in which, you know, that's not a lot. That's his uh, tied for his all-time low. So I think that's a mark that could surely go up next year, this year. Uh, so I'm there with you. Um, I will say, you know, if Sam Darnold, you know, isn't it, if he hasn't, you know, figured things out still and he still, you know, has one more year to mature because I know he was very young coming out of the draft, then that could be another bit of a concern. But overall, um, I think Le'Veon Bell is a solid bet, uh, especially with um, – uh, do you know his ADP right now? I don't think it's too bad. Yeah, so looking at his ADP, so on best ball 10s, he is going as the running back 20. And uh, he finished last so, – so he's going as a running back 20. Last year, he finished as a running back 16. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, he's being drafted basically at his floor from last year, which was pretty terrible. Like – all in all. But again, he was still, you know, a mid RB2. Obviously, he didn't pay off for when people took him in the first round. I wasn't one of those people taking him in the first round last year. Like, because I was like, he's on a new team. Like, why would you take him in the first round? So his his draft cost is appropriate this year based on what happened last year. So if he you draft him at RB20 and you get RB16, like, you're getting him at his ADP, which in the fourth round is that's fine. Like you're trying to avoid like the landmine running backs in the third and fourth round, which is totally flame out. I don't think Lavian Bell's going to fall in that category. And we know we've seen him be an RB, you know, a top five running back before. He definitely has the talent to do it. It's just a matter of, Hey, is it all going to kind of come together? So I, I think that he's just a good value uh, where he's being drafted. Exactly. And he's another, you know, established player, a guy that, you know, established people that you you mentioned that you uh wanted to take during some of these drafts especially scott fishbowl in which you know you'd rather have the guy who you know is getting the work who's not got a whole comp a lot of competition around him who's been there the year before rather than the new guy on a new team the rookie the young uh, up-and-coming guy or whatever but another thing i do want to mention was um last time levian bell rushed for three touchdowns he only played in six games so he played 15 games last year and had three rushing touchdowns. Uh, his longest rush was only 19 yards in which uh, last the season before 2017, he had a uh, 27 yard rush 44 the year before then 42, then 81. So, and then 43. So typically he averages at least, you know, a 25 yarder a year, which, or maybe more honestly, which is a lot more Le'Veon esque and, I will say the Jets did bolster their offensive line a bit. They did focus on that. And I would assume they would want, you know, to make their offensive line a focal point if they're going to have a young rookie quarterback who's already had some, you know, injury problems. I know he's had some very weird injuries, but uh, nonetheless, there's still injuries and uh, still little knacks on him. So, uh, but I'm going to talk about a guy who's a bit younger than Le'Veon Bell, a guy who I think uh, could bounce back, and a guy who's still on the Steelers, and that's Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, a lot of people were down on him last year because last year was his third year. Last year was supposed to be the breakout year, and then all of a sudden he gets shut down by Stephon Gilmore week one, and he gets kind of a buy. And you're like, okay, it's Stephon Gilmore. 
understandable, but maybe Juju can't be this number one. And then week two, I think want to say like third quarter, or whatever, Big Ben, we all know what happens. He got the elbow injury and was done for the season, leaving Mason Rudolph and uh, Duck Devlin Hodges, a guy who I literally had never heard of up until he entered the game. And he honestly became a, like a joke and a trend on Twitter for Steelers fans and he was terrible, and so was Mason Rudolph. And I remember watching countless games uh, just because, you know, the Steelers had a lot of prime time, and they just could not get it done. And the defense was very solid. They brought in Minka Fitzpatrick. Devin Bush was, you know, playing phenomenal. Uh, T.J. Watt was playing at, you know, defensive player of the year caliber level, and they just had it all going. And these quarterbacks literally could not get it done. So, yes, this defense is going to, you know, allow some lower scoring Pittsburgh Steeler, you know, more steel defense grinding team wins. But I think it's going to allow Juju's floor to be a lot safer. Cause honestly, the more you win, the, the better your guys going to do in fantasy, unless it's a shootout blowout game or whatever. But Juju Smith-Schuster, a guy who posted 1,400 yards in his second season, 111 yard receptions and has yet to crack double digits and touchdowns. Something that he, I could easily see happen this year uh, with Deontay Johnson kind of taking another step, uh, giving him some pressure or taking some pressure off of him, I should say. And James Washington maybe coming around, not to mention the Steelers also drafted Chase Claypool. And I will say there are rumors about uh, them just letting Juju walk and the Steelers never had paid for uh, a wide receiver, but that's perfectly fine. I think if Juju does walk, he's going to put himself in a great position to excel. So I'm confident in Juju's talent and I'm confident in his bounce back. So Andrew, do you have any thoughts on Juju? Do you think he's going to, you know, come back to uh, an elite caliber type wide receiver? Yeah, I just can't wait for Juju to put up a massive, massive year and then uh, go to the Patriots next year, replace Edelman. So that'll be great <laughs> with Cam. Hey, man, Juju and Cam Newton, I, I wouldn't mind that. I would <laughs> probably become a bigger Patriots fan. <laughs> but in all seriousness, I think you – I mean, I'll, I'm with you there with Juju. I think that he is definitely a candidate that you should continue to believe in because, like you said, he's one season removed from 1,400 yards receiving. That's not – like, that's not just, like, oh, hit 1,000 yards. Like, 1,400 yards is – that's pretty significant. Like, we've, we've seen some receivers, like, okay, like, Mike Williams hit 1,000 yards receiving. Okay, last year. Like, okay, how really good is 1,000 yards receiving? But 1,400 yards, that's, that's pretty impressive. So, and you mentioned Deontay Johnson, and I think that has to do with Juju's current kind of, you know, where he's being drafted. It's kind of people are like, oh, you know, I'd rather have Deontay Johnson. Like, later, I, I totally get that. I think Deontay Johnson's going to be stud. But like you said, Deontay Johnson being a good player is not going to hurt Juju like in some scenarios. And I think that this whole thing is like when there's a wide receiver two, oh, he's going to take away targets. Oh, he's going to like take more double teams away. Like it's very a case by case. Like it's not one is like the same as the other. Like so, but in the case of Juju Smith-Schuster, we've seen him in his first two seasons. Most success came with Antonio Brown. No who was really successful on the outside. So this is a cool PFF metric I found out. Um, I actually have an article coming out on the website for PFF about under, you know, undervalued wide receivers. And Juju was one of the guys I wrote about. And something I discovered about, you know, Deontay Johnson in comparison to Deontay Johnson and Antonio Brown was basically looking at their yards per route run 
basically is a really, you know, predictive measure for wide receivers of kind of like future success. Um, really good receivers have really good yards per route run. Like Julio Jones has like had the best yards per route run for like the last, like basically since the end of the NFL. So Deontay Johnson's yards per route run on the outside in 2019 was 2.89 and ranked 10th among all wide receivers with 25 targets, at least 25 targets. Antonio Brown, in 2017 and 2018, averaged 2.94 yards per route run, which ranked eighth in those two seasons. So Deontay Johnson, if he is efficient as a receiver, you know, that presence like Antonio Brown had when Juju was super successful on the outside, like, there's a good chance that that could happen again. Like, I'm very confident that Deontay Johnson is really going to help Juju be a you know great slot receiver like and that's the thing like you can talk about like oh well Juju doesn't win on the outside or like whatever it's like it doesn't matter like this is about fantasy like we don't need to go into oh well he can't beat press coverage and things like that like he's in the slot like that's where he's the best so like that's what the Steelers are going to use him and it's and look at all the receivers they have they have Chase Claypool they have James Washington they have Deontay Johnson and also one thing and Deontay Johnson the one thing to note so people talk about how James Washington kind of like had a late he James Washington actually ended up leading the Steelers in receiving yards and like if you look at his efficiency metrics like over the past half of the season they're actually like pretty good and like people were trying to like you know hype up James Washington over Deontay Johnson which I think is pretty ridiculous honestly um but the reason that that was was because James Washington was playing more in the slot like that's why James Washington was having more success with Deontay Johnson on the outside. So like this, this to me is like a, is a perfect kind of layout of like, Hey, like let Deontay Johnson be good. And if you don't get him, don't worry. Just make sure you draft Juju because Juju is going to be one of the main beneficiaries of Deontay Johnson's success on the outside. That's, that's it. Adam. That's, yeah, that's dude, 100%. I love those stats you were giving out, but um, yeah, Juju, I mean, a lot of people, you know, say, Oh, Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown. That's why he, you know, went off is because he was just dominating against these number two wide receivers. Well then why hasn't, you know, uh, Calvin Johnson sidekick done it? Why hasn't Calvin Ridley done it? Why hasn't, uh, you know, Tyler Boyd side to AJ green? Why hasn't, you know, you could go on. I mean, Michael Gallup, Tamari Cooper, you know, he, he posted a good year. He, she showed he had talent. And, you know, I think Juju is a very similar guy. He might not post 1,400 yards next year, but if he posts, you know, 1,100, 1,200 with 10 touchdowns, that's just as good as a fantasy year. So, honestly, Juju, especially with Big Ben coming back, they posted that, uh, that little video, too. It was during, during all the coronavirus stuff. Big Ben finally got his hair cut, finally shaved, and he said, I'm not going to throw a football until – or I'm not going to shave, I'm sorry, until I can throw a football. And his wife goes, what do you mean? He goes, I'm going to throw a good football to, to one of my teammates. And then it cuts, and, of course, he's throwing great spirals to Juju. And then it cuts again. He's getting his hair cut. So – Big Ben's back, and I think that that means a lot because Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges, they're used to playing on number twos with James Washington and, you know, Deontay Johnson a little bit, and I'm sure they established some repertoire with both of those guys in which, you know, 
come down to the 10 zone, the red zone or whatever, they weren't looking at Juju. They were kind of, you know, looking at their boy, James Washington, who they've been throwing passes to during practice and preseason games. So I think once Big Ben's back, that will be huge, especially for Juju's confidence, Big Ben's confidence. It'll be all around great. And I think we're going to see some more touchdowns for Juju this year. I, I think he's going to go double digits. Yeah, and I think, too, even, you know, even everything that happened with Juju last year and pretty much how it was a pretty horrendous season, like some of his other you know numbers weren't actually that bad. So, like, if you look at his yards after the catch per reception – which is kind of like Smith-Schuster's, like, kind of like, he's a yak receiver. Like, he's not a receiver that, you know, necessarily is, like, running downfield a lot and taking a lot. He targets usually taking stuff underneath, you know, like a lot of slot receivers do, and then making yards after the catch. Um, despite all of his injuries and terrible quarterbacks, and, and this kind of, in yards after the catch per reception kind of takes away the quarterback because it's like, you already have the ball, like, what do you do with it? So the quarterback play is not as significant. Like, he's still ranked 10th. Um, at 5.7 so 10th in the league among receivers with at least 60 targets so he still had his yak ability like he hasn't lost that um, and, and actually I know you noticed that he got shut down by Stephon Gilmore in, in week one but like actually look at all the numbers like he didn't have like, a great game but like statistically like he was actually in the, in the first two weeks of the season with Ben Roethlisberger he was averaging over 80 yards a game like he was still like having solid receiving numbers with Big Ben even during the beginning of last season. And then obviously when Big Ben went down, it was like, well, this is going to go up in flames, which is exactly what happened. And then he got hurt and it's like, and then all that stuff happened. So again, I think that, I mean, I think someone, so I think you can get Juju like in the fourth round and it's like, you know, I hear talking people talking about zero RB and stuff like that. But like when you can get guys like Juju and like Beckham and, DJ Chark and Cortland Sutton and like all these like stud receivers that like I want all of like can get in the third, fourth, fifth round. It's like so hard to like not just start RBRB because like once you get to the third, fourth round, that's like you don't want to have to be like, yep, David Johnson starting every week. Feel great about it. Like, like that's not like ideal. Like you don't necessarily want that to happen. Um, ideally, like, we're not picking Le'Veon Bell. We're not picking David Johnson because we took our stud running backs earlier and now we're taking, like, receivers like Juju and, like, these stud receivers that you can get in the third, fourth, and fifth round. So, um, we'll say. Uh, it's very ironic that you just said that because I'm in a it, – it's like a mock Scott Fishbowl draft, but it's like an actual draft, and it's with Matthew Barry. It was another one of those Ooh. things set up with uh, – Name drop. Bosch. And, yeah, so uh, Barry's got the 101. I got the 112. So I got the back-to-back picks. So I started off – I went back-to-back quarterbacks, uh, just doubled down, made sure I got my QBs quick. So I took uh, Kyler and Dak. So took one little risky Dak with the safe side. And then my running back, my first running back was David Johnson. So oh, God. I took him and Kenny Galladay where were my three, four picks. And I'm coming up to the five, six. So it's going pretty good. But uh, – I'm definitely uh, – I think Juju was just picked right before me too, which was definitely a bump. Because if I could have got him in the fifth, that would have been sweet. But yeah. Late fifth too would have been nice. But say. All right. It's time for the man, the myth, the legend. He is back. All right, Andrew, I'll let you have the honors and announce uh, probably the guy who I want to have the best comeback season, who I want to just have a phenomenal fantasy season, phenomenal, you know, just NFL season. Um, so let you just take away, Andrew. Yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be Cam Newton. Uh, I got him ranked as a top ten quarterback. Um, I haven't ranked at number ten, 
in front of Tom Brady. And it's just about, it's about the rushing upside. Like, and we can speculate about, Oh, well, like how much are they going to run him? Like, yeah, they got it. It's like, he's going to run more than, you know, he's not going to run as much as Lamar Jackson, but when it's all said and done, he's probably going to be in the top five of quarterbacks and rushing yards. Like just based on the landscape of the position, like, He's probably not going to rush as much as, you know, Lamar, as Kyler, as Josh Allen. But then, like, after that, it's like, well, he's probably in the conference, like, Watson-esque. Like, he's, like, he's going to run. And I just – that just adds so much more to fantasy. And that's why guys like Brady, it's like, you know, I feel like – I almost feel, like, obligated to have him be in my top 12. But it's, like, of pocket-passing quarterbacks, like, really the only pocket-passing quarterback I really – him drafting at all right now is Matt Ryan. Like, just because I know he's, they just throw so much. But besides Matt Ryan, like, every other quarterback I have has some type, some type of rushing upside to an extent. Even Mahomes obviously has decent use his life a little bit. So that's why I got Cam um, as my quarterback 10. I think that you should draft him because, like, I just think that he has a lot to offer. And I, I in the Belichick system with, with Josh McDaniels, I think that you can expect a lot. And I think that the skill set of the players around him, like, fits him pretty well. I think that they have a good, you know, running back to throw the ball to when James White, who I think that he's going to lean on in the red zone. And I just think that he's in a good environment. And, you know, yeah, I just – I like him a lot. I think that you shouldn't be like, oh, well, he's going to get hurt. It's like, well, if you're in a one-quarterback league, then who cares? Like, just draft him, and then if he gets hurt, then you just stream. And I think that his upside – is well worth like we're always talking about like oh like who's gonna be that late round quarterback with the, with the you know with the the mobility that's gonna like you know destroy his ADP and like like that's what last year was Lamar Jackson was going in like the 10th round and if you get Cam Newton in the 10th round like kind of like where you know I think I don't really know where his ADP is gonna end up landing because I don't know because I think people are gonna be conservative with those rankings but like if I'm telling someone, like, you know, people will ask me, like, hey, Andrew, like, who should I draft? Like, obviously, I'm not like, oh, just draft Chris McCaffrey. Like, I understand, like, that doesn't, like, that doesn't help anybody. They're saying, like, oh, yeah, just draft Chris McCaffrey. Like, you'll be good. Like, try to think of, like, guys that, like, regardless of where your draft position is, like, you have a pretty high chance of getting. I'm going to tell them, like, draft him in. Like, draft him late, and, and I think he's going to be good. So, yeah. yeah, when That's Cam Newton's team. fully healthy, when he's played uh, all 16 games, he has finished as a top five quarterback every time. So he still has potential. I get, you know, he is a little bit older, but he still is only 31 years old. You yeah, know? He, yeah, he's only – It's quarterback position too. Yeah, which, he's 31 years old, which isn't that old. And, like, the last time we saw him fully healthy in 2018 for the first half, he was really good. He's a really good passer. And, I mean, guys get hurt, like – this happens to everyone. Like everybody gets hurt. They misses a season. Like Peyton, remember Peyton Manning after his neck surgery? Tom yeah, Brady. he watched, and then he threw fifty-five freaking touchdowns. Like, come on. And he was older. Like, like Brady tore his ACL, and yeah, it took some time. But then he ended up winning more Super Bowls and winning MVPs. Like, we saw it last year. Patrick Mahomes got hurt. Like, and then he came back and was sick. <laughs> like, exactly. like, we we underestimate these guys. Like, these guys are freaks. Like, they can do so much, and, I mean, dude, just, like, dude, just watching the Cam videos, like. He's a freak of nature. Like, dude, this guy's a monster. He is, man. 
And um, one thing that I really wish he would go to, but stupid Brian Hoyer is in the way. I wish Cam Newton would take back his number two from his Auburn and his uh, whenever he was at that, you know, Division three college or whatever. Uh, well, he went to, uh, he played at Florida for like, he, he was it like was, Tebow's backup. Yeah, right? he was backup for Tebow. Yeah. And then he left <laughs> Florida and went to like, um, like not in, it was like a, an academy school. Like it wasn't like the last chance you thing, was it? it? No, it was like one of those, like, um, it, it, it's, it's for players that like fall off in college and they can try to like bounce back. But I don't know. Anyways. Uh, and then he, he eventually came to Auburn and the rest is history. So uh, Cam Newton, not to mention, I think we've seen Bill Belichick. He will score a touchdown any way he can do it. Just whatever the highest percent chance is, that's the play he's running. And literally, if you're inside, like, the three-yard line, it is always going to be Cam Newton over the top because he's 100% healthy right now, so there's no excuse for, you know, up-the-middle QB sneak runs. And I think Belichick is going to use him to his full potential. He's on a one-year deal. It's a very, very team-friendly deal in which, you know, they can't get burned or lose a whole lot of money on it. So I'm really confident that Belichick's just going to let Cam fly, let let him do whatever he wants, essentially, just as long as, you know, he's playing good winning games, which I expect a healthy Cam to do. And with Bill Belichick, I just – I'm super interested to see what could happen because we saw the one year Brady was down. Matt Cassell, you know, he took off. He ended up making himself a nice contract the following year, playing for the Chiefs, eventually making his way to the Lions. But, you know, he never really did anything after he took the Patriots to the playoffs, I want to say, um, going 10-6 and six or whatever. But uh, I think – I think Belichick's going to, you know, maybe have some sort of impact on Cam Newton. And if he could just get, you know, three, four rushing touchdowns, that is huge in fantasy football. So I definitely think he's a guy with now a chip on his shoulder. The Panthers literally just like threw him to the side. They, they gave him no tribute. I saw on Twitter, they posted, um, who is the greatest Panther of all time? They listed off four. And Cam Newton wasn't even one of them on there, a guy who led them to a 16-1 and season, a Super Bowl and MVP. And it's just – it was disrespectful as hell to the guy. And he's a guy who, you know, came in, put his blood, sweat, and tears for the foundation, and they just kind of kicked him to the curb for Teddy Bridgewater uh, and a, a new head coach, essentially. So – I love Cam Newton. I love that he's with, you know, the Patriots and it's kind of creating this evil, like, great. Look what you guys have done now. He's, he's with Bill Belichick. You done screwed up NFL. Like any of you guys could have just signed him and allowed him to compete, but nope, you let him get to the Patriots. So the sky's the limit with Cam. And I will say another interesting thing on his uh, contract is he worked it out. So he can't be franchise tag next year. So there's a clause in his contract that it, he cannot be franchised. So after his year is up, he's going to be a free agent again. And if he, you know, does anything like he did in, I want to say 2016 or 17 or whenever he won the MVP, then he is just going to have, you know, a lot of teams wanting him, uh, the Patriots, being one of them so those are my those are all my thoughts on cam newton do you have any other final you know thoughts or any other comments on big cam yeah just one so quick one question for you so what so there what quarterback do you think led the nfl last year in rushing attempts inside the five-yard line uh josh allen no it wasn't try again uh I, 
I mean, I want to say Lamar Jackson, but yep, Lamar Jackson. So there's two, two that are tied for the number one spot. So Lamar is one of them, and there's another player that's that's tied with seven rushing attempts inside the five yard line. Uh, Watson or no Holmes? Nope. Holmes didn't play enough. Uh, it's not Watson. It's Tom Brady. No way. <laughs> Yeah, dude, all those QB sneaks, man. He had so him and Lamar Jackson both had seven rushing attempts inside the five yard line, which was tied for the most in the NFL. So I'm just saying, and Brady only scored three touchdowns. So I'm pretty sure Cam's going to score seven. Just oh saying. my gosh. Yeah, dude. Wow. That's incredible. I mean, literally, that just goes to show if Bill Belichick's going to allow Tom Brady, you know, the greatest possession he's ever had dive over the middle or dive underneath through a rushing touchdown, you know, a play in which you could hand it off to, you know, Sony Michelle, do a screen to James White, you know, so many other options, give it to the fullback, Rex Burkhead, you know, there's limitless options on there. So I, I'm going to, it's going to be interesting, but I will definitely be rooting for Cam. And another thing that I will say kind of stinks about uh, this whole uh, preseason games one and four being eliminated i'm pretty sure that the patriots were supposed to play the panthers week one of the preseason it might be week two but i thought it was week one so that would have been interesting despite it being preseason but uh cam would have you know had a little uh bit of i don't know revenge if you if he even would have played against the panthers so but uh that concludes our episode but before i head out i'm gonna give you guys some good news we are going to be putting out uh a Tyler Boyd signed jersey giveaway. So check our Fantasy Brawl Twitter. In the next couple of days, we'll be posting a tweet about that. Uh, Going to be doing a Tyler Boyd signed jersey giveaway. Just got to do a couple things, and it could be yours. So you guys can also find me on Twitter at EverydayFFB. And Andrew, if you got anything to blog, man, feel free. Yeah, thanks, Adam, again, for having me on the podcast. Again, I'm Andrew Erickson. I'm over a fantasy football analyst over at profootballfocusPFF.com, posting content basically every day because it's my new gig. So I'm doing that all the time. You can find me on Twitter at Andrew Erickson underscore. And I'm always looking to go on podcasts, talk to people, talk fantasy. Like I said, like this is all I do now. So I'm all invested. So like never feel afraid. If you want to ch- talk football, uh, just be ready for some fire takes is all I'll say. Absolutely. Andrew's one of the best guys. He's uh, taught me quite a bit, give me a quite good stats. So you'll definitely want to give him a follow on uh, Twitter and uh, maybe even have him on your show if you're podcast yourself. But that's all we got, guys. Thanks again for joining us here at Fantasy Brawl, and we will catch you all next week.